This is this is this is this is Hello, and you're listening to the Round Leather Tales pod. This is episode seven. Sorry, I've been uh, away for a long while, but I'm back uh, for another interesting episode. And this particular episode is uh, going to be about um, uh, something close to my heart, super egos, because I'm Nigerian, against uh, the indomitable laws of Cameroon. So uh, on the pod, I'm going to be having a guest, uh, Rotimi Daramola, of the first X Minutes podcast. And we're going to be talking about uh, our personal experiences of the past encounters between uh, two of the top footballing nations on the African continent. And also at the end of the episode, I'm going to be taking uh, some of your own opinion on um, your most memorable uh, games between Nigeria and Cameroon. Um, I'm going to be taking some feedback from Twitter and I'm going to be sharing it on the pod. So uh, it's going to be a really interactive one. I hope you enjoy. So let's crack on with the pod. Okay, uh, welcome to uh, episode 7 of the Round Leather Tales pod. Uh, and I'm joined here today by a very uh, good friend uh, who also runs his own pod, uh, Rotimi Daramola. I'm sure you must know him on uh, Twitter for, <laughs> for his own pod. So, uh, Rotimi, welcome to the show. It's good, to be, it's good to be here, man, to make a debut on um, on my friend's pod and um, to also talk about it's always always a pleasure. I'm I'm a big fan of this pod because he's online ours, um always goes way back and um always shares all those very, very weird, strange and random things that you thought would never happen in the world of football. But hey, um, Eddie always finds a way to fish them out and share it with us on his pod. So it's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> yeah, so very great to have you here. You won't, you won't done an intro for me on my own. Beauty has changed. Right, so uh, uh, down to business of the day, actually. Um, the upcoming um, Swipe's friend in Cameroon. Um, it's actually been a, a very fierce rivalry over the years, although the standards of both teams have actually come down a bit uh, from the days of the JJs and the Canoes, um, those early 2000s when it was really. Um, the do or die, even going back to uh, the 80s, uh, way back in the 80s. Uh, it's actually been a fierce rivalry, which actually started um, a few months before um, the independence of Nigeria. Uh, that's the very first meeting between both countries. Officially, was uh, April of 1960. And it's actually been um, a real, <laughs> there's been a real humbling and huge encounter. So, uh, tell me your thoughts about uh, this uh, rivalry over the years. Well, what was your like the major game out of all of them that stands out for you? Uh, has to be, has to be. Uh, if I go with hardware game, then I have to go with um 2000 Ghana Nigeria 2000. I know some people come from Ireland and say, Oh, well, this guy is cool though. Well, we just got lucky <laughs> to start watching football. We got lucky to start watching football really early because I, I try, I still try to make sense of everything that happened that day. There wasn't much light, so the light came around at the tail end of the final, and um, I all I knew was that there was an argument about whether the, the ball cost the line or the game cost the line until today in my head very controversial stuff but if you have to if I have to go with the emotional one has to be 2004 man. that free kick leaves rent free in my head rent free in my <laughs> head and um butaka and canada combination that produced the goal um i just know that once that ball went in 
I knew that I left the chair and I found myself on top of my dad because we were celebrating to go together. You know, it's really well how Cameron have tormented us over the years. Um, I think that kid was playing on a Sunday. We had just come back from church. We had never eaten. And uh, we just sat down like, man, I dress me, Cameron. This is big. I think Nigeria was wearing their white, 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 all white dress yeah. that day. I can't forget the scenario, man. And to think that um, that same African Cup of Nations, um, you know, you know, I said that I said a bit of my dad. And I think when we beat Cameroon, we qualified to play against Tunisia. I stand to correct yeah. though. Yeah. And would you guys believe it that in that um, game against Tunisia, my same dad who celebrated with me for our win over Cameroon, he still flogged me for going out to watch that Tunisia game because the Tunisia game, I think he ended. He drove into extra time, then penalties. That's so right, I had yeah. to stay there. Yeah, yeah, I stayed late. I didn't go home after school. I had to stay somewhere to watch it. So everybody was really looking for me. By the time I got home, he was furious and he gave me, well, maybe not a few strokes, something more than a few strokes, but because he gave logic. So 2004, <laughs> that game, the fact that we got one over them, um, well, I hear we have been getting one over them, but the fact that we got one over them in such a very, at a very big stage, I think it was big, very, very big for us. Of course, for me, the most recent one was maybe a cherry on the pie. That's the three two uh, that we played at the African competitions in 2019. But 2004 has to be the biggest, has to be the best, and has to be the most memorable meeting between um, the so-called Indian meeting lands in Cameroon and our dear daddy's survivors in Nigeria. Yeah, uh, that's actually. That was actually one of the games I was actually about alluding to. But me, definitely, yeah, my, my, actually, uh, the biggest game for me is actually the 2019 uh, encounter they were actually talking about. Because of the manner in which the Super League was actually made a comeback in that game. That was actually what was really a classic. Uh, when you consider all the goals involved, even though uh, we can, some can say the quality of both teams uh, on the day wasn't really inspiring. The defense, the defense was actually uh, quite shambolic <laughs> on the day. But yeah, that, that two thousand, that two thousand, that two thousand, despite the loss, that still stands out for me. Um, I actually enjoyed the twenty nineteen game. Yeah, that uh, was one of my uh, favorites. But the two thousand encounter stands out for me because of. Um, the quality of uh, players on show at the time mm. was in the emergence of uh, a, a very young Samuel Leto and then um, uh, Patrick Mboma who was almost getting to the twilight of his career and ironically both players uh, scored on that day and it was actually um, similar to the 2019 encounter because we actually as Supergoes, the Supergoes clawed back um, a two-goal uh, deficit at the time so uh, that one was actually, it was really, it was back and forth for me and uh, having it happen uh, in the national stadium, which sadly is uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's a distant memory now. That was such a beautiful arena for football. Yes. Uh, have, it, have it happening in a packed national stadium, so 60,000 uh, capacity was filled uh, to the dream. That was actually for me a, a very iconic game. Uh, despite the controversy of uh, the penalty shoot and uh, whether the ball crossed or not, uh, till yes. today, we, we won't look back on uh, that game. Um, being a young boy, uh, uh, just getting into high school at the time, I actually remember it really. It's for most of us that love football. Then, as young boys, <laughs> it's it's really it set it down now. The rest of the week in school, that that, that <laughs> period, we were just, we were all talking about. We were so living with the referee uh, for not seeing uh, that um, Victor Pepper's penalty kick and actually crossed the line, and uh, it eventually costed us. Um, and they costed the super egg goals on the day. So, yeah, that was actually it for me. Uh, really good memories. Uh, and also, at the end of uh, the pod, I'm actually going to um, try and get uh, the opinion of uh, some of the listeners, um, uh, their own opinion on um, the best uh, encounter between both teams in recent times. 
they adding that to the pod. Uh, give a shout out to some of the, um, the people who share their opinions because it's mostly going to be Twitter based. Uh, don't get some feedback from Twitter. So yeah, um, moving on to um, the the squad. That's a super ego squad for this um, particular encounter. Um, what are your thoughts on the squad? Uh, <laughs> no, we all know how Gennot Roy is with uh, the squad selection. Always uh, light uh, when selecting the fielders, but always stockpiling attackers like uh, ammunition every each, each of his squad selections. He has almost 10 attackers in this squad. Uh, it's time to be corrected, but he, he, he took up a lot of attackers. So, uh, what are your thoughts on squad uh, selection? I'm actually, uh, this top attackers I'm seeing here, unless the public just added more. Um, I, I'm happy for I've been I've been following. Um, I don't know. I don't have a general idea or comment on the whole site, but I, I just had to go straight to the strikers and I, I needed to check for something and I found it and I was happy. The fact that um um Simon Uwanko, uh makes mm-hmm. this team makes me happy. Makes me so so happy. I followed that guy. You cannot imagine how terrible Crotone have been this season. I watched a few games and I, yeah. they play so well and they still manage to lose. Terrifyingly, you just they just have to delete at one point. But the fact that they have a shit style like um Simon Wanko, who I think has come out yesterday, well, technically to say that he is happy in quotes at Croton, they will see they, they um, like they always say the transfer is very good. So we will say, but I'm happy for him. I'm proud that he has been called up, he has been finally recognized, he has been finally um and for his efforts and for all the world hard work that he used to put into team uh, into his team at um, a club level the fact that um he's been rewarded with this color i think is fantastic another name that i think is also present has to be anayo uh, to see the, the names that have been called up like i mentioned earlier and um what's also interesting is the fact that um yeah. we have as, as, as much as we have a lot of shining stars uh international stars so to speak yeah. just like they're trading in europe we also have a name like Kanayo Luala, who um, has been very, very impressive for um, Eimba this season. I, I checked I checked a few games that Eimba played um, in their CAC competitions and um, cup um, competition that they are currently still playing well. I've been in unbalance as they captivated during the pyramids over the weekend. But you guys are amazing. He plays very solid, good up. He's confident when, whenever he's on the ball. And he, he's yeah. a daredevil. He doesn't. He doesn't. Um, how do I put it? He doesn't care who is before him. He's always going to try to push the ball. But the question oh, is exactly. But the question now is: all the stars for um, um, what do you call it now? Is this this supposed to be a friendly game? I guess. Uh, and um, I'm thinking to myself: well, maybe the way is going. To, maybe there is not much of the selection headache for involved in this one because. I mean, you could play a starting eleven, and then in the second half play another entirely, totally different starting eleven. So, um, yeah, there's not much jeopardy for the game actually. Exactly. So, I think um, as much as we want to hype it, um, and we want to hype the game, it's you know it's friendly. It can't really have that bite that the mm, like, game yeah. between Nigeria and, and Cameroon will usually have. But then again, when it's Nigeria Cameroon, it gives us the opportunity to relieve um, memories of, um, that we have about the game, and most importantly, the fact that. Keepers like John Nobo, um, anybody else, so I, I really appreciate the fact that this goalkeeper also makes a list. Uh, the fact that um, he turned up a few times in the game against the Pyramids yesterday, they were big, if not the scoreline, that bigger than 4 1. I know 4 1 is big, but that would be more disgraceful if John Nobo didn't turn up at intervals to ensure that the scoreline was at least a bit respectful. So, I appreciate the fact that John Nobo is there. Um, the fact that um, Shimizu Ajayi and Jamil Collins, uh, William Ekong, the usual suspects, mm-hmm. that the mix 
break the balance. I, I have to mention this. It, goes, it has to go without saying, please, what is Ahmed Musa doing in this world? I still do <laughs> We can easily pick, people say he's the captain of the side. Hello, we can easily pick another captain. I mean, he, he was not the captain before he became captain. I mean, somebody else was the captain, right? And then at some point in time, people had to leave and then he became the captain. I feel like I said all the excuses that law makes, I don't know, it doesn't it doesn't disturb the balance of the side, so there's nothing big about it. But I just feel it goes without saying that Hamed has paid his dues, respectfully so he has given it all for the survival of Nigeria. I think maybe for him it's probably the perfect time to take a bow and just probably maybe coming from a technical I know he's still playing football and all of that, but I just feel like I said for this list, for this um for this for this team not should just maybe take him as a personal assistant or something because what's the thing? Probably mm-hmm. will not start when you have the likes of Chukweze, you have the likes of Henry or Yeko. I mean, uh, all these players are probably very stacked. Very, very, very stacked. And you, you're probably thinking, but we all know that at some point in time, just because of how Nigerian Genadro is already trying to, is already becoming, at some point in time, you will find an excuse to always bring a maybe sign one way or the other. And what that means is that the fact that he always comes in at some point in time will deter the chances of other players like maybe probably Telemoki or maybe players that don't start who are young but they should be having the opportunity to showcase themselves will not because another older star is still on the team, is still having play time on the team. So I feel like I said Ahmed's presence, Ahmed Musa's presence in a way uh, may hamper um, the how do I put it? How about the English now? It might have yes. the integration, yes, yeah. the integration of some of the young stars into the side. So I think that's just my two cents about the side. That forward line is packed, and I think I dare say that for for in the whole of the African continent, oof, I don't have, I don't think any side has as much power as we do up front. But it's now the question: of How can we get these players to gel and to make them into a powerful force that we can eventually be able to? Yeah, very very good point there. Um, it's actually. Uh, a very exciting sport to see despite people uh, starting up the front line again. Uh, there are some notable inclusions which I'm very impressed with. At least it's obvious he's, he's been monitoring the progress of uh, most of our uh, players uh, abroad and uh, at home with the inclusions of uh, John Abel and uh, Anna Wall, as you mentioned. Uh, one I actually am really pleased with is uh, the inclusion of Terry Murphy, the Lorraine striker who has really, really showed this season. Uh, despite it being his uh, very first um, um, start in a, in a major uh, league, uh, he was signed just at the start of the season by Longo. Uh, and I, I actually enjoyed his progress. I actually was following his progress right from when uh, he burst onto the scene uh, in the Lithuanian League of all places. So his trajectory has really gone up. And uh, the goals he scored, he's definitely going to leave a club like Longo. And, um, and move up to the bigger club. So I'm actually really impressed. And I'd like to see what uh, he has to offer uh, in the Nigerian journey. So, but you, um, aside from Anna Iwala, who else is um, a standout uh, first inclusion on the team for you? <laughs> I can't be further than um, in the front line. Of course, for the, for the like, the strictly Fox and the Buffs, natural number nine position, well, the space is packed because. Uh, Paul Anatra doesn't look more of a starter than him. He's a coming off the bench kind of player. So maybe mm. not him. Maybe of course it might be it's it's, it's direct, I think it's directly in between KT and um the Nipples guy, um Victor Osimen. So I think mm. it's just between the two of them for me. And I think Osimen will always always get a cut. Why? I don't know, but I just think that he will always always get a shout for starting first 
maybe getting front on the front foot because and I'm not gonna say this because two of them are playing technically in, if you look at the whole list, technically two mm-hmm. of the biggest clubs. Yeah, we'll say forever. Well, Alex will be everything, yeah, maybe, maybe. And I always feel like Alex will be will also get will always always in one way or the other because of his reputation in the squad and how far along he has come with the team, he will always get his starting burst uh when it comes to um, picking the exercise of when it comes to the very competitive game. Of course you never know because mm-hmm. this one is a friendly, the, the manager might want to tweak a few things, um, maybe tactically try um, a new formation and try the combination of um, a new set of players. So you never know. I'm not saying that the set of players that will probably start to this game because mm-hmm. the non-competitiveness of the game takes a bit um off of it as regards predictability you don't know how it's going to go it might end up being a 5-5-4-4 friendly 7 play trailer and all of that so it's not that competitive nobody is putting their life on the line here and say oh there's a trophy at stake i mean they just want to have fun so i think this one we're not predicting the uh the starting level however i'm just saying that if when we get to major competitions and names like Helechi, names like Victor, names like uh, Alex Iwobi, are up front, they, they feel like, they seem like as if they are sure of the starting birth in this um, Nigerian, uh, super Nigerian side. Yeah, yeah, that's a very, very, that's a very good way to have fun. So I'm going to uh, make you stick your neck out a bit. Uh, oh, oh, no. I know, I know it's, 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 the game is not too close yet. Uh, uh, the domestic uh, club season in Europe are still on. Uh, it's on the 4th of uh, June. But uh, I would like for you to put your uh, wizard's hat on and make a prediction for the game. Uh, I, I, I take a glance at the, um, the Cameroonian side and I think they equally, maybe not as young side as ours, as Nigeria has, but of course, they also have a very equally young side striving for greatness, and they also wanting to, wanting to put in their best as they go along because, look, the next African Corporation will be hosted in their backyard and they want to keep mm. as much as possible to get it right, starting from now. Some might say it's too early, but if, if you know football very, very well, nothing is, too, nothing, is, nothing is too early at all. So I think they will want to put, and the fact that they will have older people probably reminding them if they are too young to remember that look this is not just any other side this is nigeria we have a history of um, doing them dirty whenever we want to yes we don't mm-hmm. dirty to go out there not with the idea that this is just another friendly but the idea that this is um, an african clash and where there's battle there's always a battle for pride and there's always a battle for driving rights. So yeah, let me put my wizard hat on. Um, I see, of course I see the good side is that friendly. There's nothing stopping Nigeria from scoring. So maybe Nigeria to score first. Uh, good teams will definitely score. Score line I'm really not good with that. I'm just go for three two. Um, Nigeria to win, of course, this game. So Nigeria to come around to Nigeria to score first. All right, no, that's a, that's a very uh, bold prediction, but for my own end, <laughs> for my own end, like you said previously, yeah, the, the Cameroonian side are actually also uh, in transition. Um, the score wasn't really that great when um, the the last one, the, the Afton, where they transferred uh, not long ago. Uh, so they're actually still in transition. Um, they are bringing up some younger players, the likes of the Elf Max getting um the attack who is by far their uh, highest profile player now despite being on the fringes of the dynamic team in the past uh, few seasons he has been on the books of PSG and Bayern. so he actually is uh, <laughs> a star player for the Cameroonian team in his own right so i, I actually think um the, the, this uh is going to be just uh, a type for experimenting on both uh, ends uh, both sides um uh, so i'll actually just go for a safer prediction and say a score draw probably one one or two two well, most of them are too. I think it's been a long time we had a draw between these two sides. Eh? 
yeah, it's been a while since uh, the last uh, the World Cup qualifiers uh, back in like, 2017. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, really, thanks for being on the show. Uh, thank you for uh, taking the time out to actually talk football. We are the game which we really love. Uh, and we look forward to seeing you on uh, the one that is called in the near future. Happy, 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 always happy to be a part of the podcast. Anytime you need me, just call up. You know where to find me. <laughs> Alright, thanks for being on the show. Take care of yourself. Okay. That's the end of another great episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And as I promised at the start of the pod, uh, we're going to be taking um, some opinions from Twitter, um, from some football fans on their best games um, between uh, Super Eagles and the Indomitable Isles of Cameroon. And the first one here, intriguingly, is from an actual Cameroonian who said his best uh, AFCON game was the AFCON final of 2000. Mm. What a contrast. He, he remembered the game very well. And he says, as a Cameroonian, you will never forget that win. <laughs> Fair one. His name is Teddy, um, Teddy Crash. Uh, at its Teddy Crash on Twitter. So that was actually a very good point. Fair, fair play to you, brother. Uh, you guys actually uh, did play well and deserved that um, particular victory at the time. Although we can still see that the penalties were a bit dodgy, but it's fine. And the next tweet here is from S at SC Chinedu, who says the 4 0 game in 2017, that's the qualifiers, when Af- um, Cameroon was still uh, defending AFCON champions from um, the previous year. So, yeah, that was actually a very uh, dominant game by the Super Eagles in Abuja, uh, the start of the World Cup qualifiers for 2018. And uh, the next tweet here from at Billionaire. Um, says it has to be the Afghan qualifiers, uh, sorry, the Afghan quarterfinals in 2004. I still remember JJ's free kick. Yeah, that free kick actually, like uh, Rotimi said, leaves rent free in almost everyone's head. It was a well taken set piece. And there was also one from at the XG Evangelist who also went for 2004. Um, the whole game was actually, uh, it was right, a lot was riding on it for the Super Eagles at the time. They needed some revenge over the Cameroonians. And the last tweet here is also uh, from uh, Timilei who says, um, Okocha's free kick from 2004. So that 2004 uh, quarterfinal easily stands out as uh, almost everyone's um, best game if you're uh, of a Nigerian persuasion. So that's it for this episode of the Round Letter Tales Pod. I really hope you enjoyed it. And I'll catch you next time.